This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Parshas Vayechi Tavshin Payalaf. You find in this parsha that Yosef gets a message that his father Yaakov is ill. So he quickly goes, Beginning Perimim Ches, Yosef takes his two children, Menashe and Ephraim, and he quickly goes to his, his father Yaakov. As Rashi explains, he wants a bracha from his father before his father dies. He comes to his father, and Yaakov begins to tell his son Yosef how when he was in Eretz Canaan, Hashem came to him and promised him that he will have many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren have a lot of descendants. And therefore, says Yaakov, in Pasuk Dalet, I am turning to you in Pasuk Hei, V'yatah now, the two children who were born to you in Mitzrayim, until I came to Mitzrayim, Lihem, they are to me. Who are these? Ephraim and Menashe, Kerubim v'Shimon Yuli. Ephraim and Menashe will be to me like Reuven and Shimon. Just like all the Shvatim will inherit land in Eretz Yisrael, so will Menashe and Ephraim like every Sheva. They are to me. The Swarm wondered, there seems to be some extra words in this Pasuk. All the Pasuk had to say was, when Yaakov said, V'atan now, Shnei v'necha n'oladam l'cha v'eret v'trayim, adboi alecha v'trayimo, and now your two sons who were born to you before I came to Mitzrayim, Ephraim and Menashe, Keruvim and Shimon Yuli. Ephraim and Menashe will be like Reuven and Shimon to me. Why the extra lihim? Why does he have to say, the two children who were born to you until my coming up to Mitzrayim, Lihem, they are to me. It's an extra, they are mine. It's an extra Lihem. What's also interesting is that he doesn't use these words for any other Shevet. You would think, Menashe and Ephraim did not grow up with Yaakov. And he says, Lihem, they are to me. But he doesn't say that by, by Shimon and Levi, Lihem. He doesn't say it by Yisachar and Zvulun. doesn't seem to fit to say Lihem by the two grandchildren who did not even grow up next to him. Yaakov had many, many grandchildren. He doesn't say this concerning the other grandchildren who grew up with him. But Moshe Feinstein explains that to Yaakov was no big deal that his children followed in his footsteps. Yaakov Vino was mechanic his children properly. He educated and he taught his children properly. Of course, they were following in his footsteps. But what Yaakov was amazed is that his chinuch was so successful that what he taught Yosef, Yosef then went and taught that to his own children. Even though Yosef wasn't living next to Yaakov anymore, he wasn't at Yaakov's house anymore, still he brought up his children the way Yaakov brought up his children. And once Yaakov saw that, he says, Lihem, they are to me. In other words, Menashe and Ephraim are brought up the same way I brought up my children, which means the chinuch I gave to, y- to Yosef worked, and Yosef took that along, and he brought up his, his children that way. It explains to Moshe Feinstein that how do you know if your influence has a lasting power? How do you know if your chinuch is working? Is when you're not around. After you finish teaching your children, how do they act? Do they take the same lessons you taught them and apply them, even when you're not watching, even when they're not in your house anymore? And that's how you know if your chinuch was successful, if your influence has lasting power. There's a fellow once making a bar mitzvah, and of course he invited all the members of his shul and his friends. 
And it was a Milchegah Bar Mitzvah, and they had an ice cream bar. They had a whole variety of different ice creams and toppings and all sorts of things. And the Rav of the Shul, he was there as well, and he walks by, and he sees one of the Mispalalim. And he sees that he's not taking any of the ice cream. So he turns to me and says, Reb Shragi, why aren't you taking some of the ice cream? You have so much to choose from. He says, yeah, well, eh. he says, I understand, take something. He says, Rabbi, I, I don't like ice cream. He looks at me and says, Rav Shragi, I know you for over more than 20 years. I know you like ice cream very much. What's the truth? What's going on? He says, Rabbi, you know, you're pushing me, I'll tell you the truth. You remember a little while ago you gave a speech? Unfortunately, the bombings are going now, going on in Stayrot. The story takes place about uh, 13 or 15 years ago. And unfortunately, the Arabs were bombing Stayrot. And people have 15 seconds to get to a bomb shelter. He said, Rabbi, you remember you spoke about that? He says, yes. He says, you said we all have to do something. We obviously can't get on a on an airplane F-35 and fly there and start bombing them. So we should donate money, we should daven, we should give stock, we should learn more. He said, everybody has to do something to help our fellow brothers and, brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. And I really took your speech to heart. And I really thought what I can do. And I remember you spoke about Imo Nochi Bitsara, to be with someone else in pain, to feel someone else's pain, to have empathy. And I decided that you're right, I do like ice cream so much. And I took upon myself not to eat any ice cream as long as my fellow brothers and sisters in Sterot are getting bombed. So Rabbi, it's been six weeks now and I haven't touched the ice cream. Not once. The Rabbi was amazed, not just that someone's listening to his speeches, but someone took what he said seriously and what tremendous impact it must have. You know, on the same topic of Imam Menochi Bitsara, there's a family at home and their daughter was in the den on the phone and all of a sudden they hear her give her a shriek and she said, wow, that's great news. It means tonight I can sleep with a pillow. And she continued on her conversation. A few minutes later when she walked to the kitchen, her parents looked at her and says, what was that all about? She goes, oh, nothing. What about the part that you said, now I can sleep with a pillow? What does that mean? You have a pillow. So she got a little embarrassed. But then she told her parents, she goes, you know, our principal was in the hospital. She wasn't feeling well. And things weren't looking good. So we all decided we have to do something to help. And we started saying Tehillim. But I decided to also go, and I took away my pillow. And I said, I'm not going to sleep with a pillow as long as my principal's in a hospital, not well. So, for the past two, three weeks, I haven't been sleeping with a pillow. But I just got news that she's better, and that Baruch Hashem, she's able to come home. So I said, now, she's coming home, she's leaving the hospital, I can sleep with a pillow. Amazing, how somebody can feel for another person. While these two stories are unbelievable, and they're amazing, what's more amazing than all, is the fact that this girl who didn't sleep with a pillow was the daughter of this fellow who didn't eat ice cream. She learned from her father. Not that her father had to go and tell her, don't do this or do this. You should feel for somebody else. But he did what he was supposed to do. And that's how he was mechanachar. Last week, I davened in a shul that was celebrating the yard site, the first yard site of the Rav, of Gershon Weiss. And somebody said over, that he came over once to his Rebbe, to her wife. He says, you know, my wife's expecting. What shurim should I listen to to give my children a proper chinuch? What's What farm should I read so she give my children the proper, the proper chinuch? 
And the voice looked at me and says, I don't know what shurim you should listen to or what farm you should buy. But one thing I can tell you, make sure that you are the person you want your children to grow up to be. Make sure you are the person that you want your children to grow up to become. And that is how you can give over a lasting chinuch. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.